Alright, alright, just calm down. You're on Clyde Yorkshire. Guys, you already know what we're gonna say. This is the station for white women. All my sisters up in here, SMU, Bela, AM, you know we love you, girl. Arkansas, and y'all already know TCU, so don't ask me any questions. Yes, I am definitely a horned frog. I am definitely a horned frog. Let me just be clear. It's all about the purple, guys. And some of you might have been wondering why I've been quiet, why you ain't been talking big smack about TCU right now. Right now, we working. Getting things together. So don't worry about that. Finest white women in Texas is this set right there in that the TCU. Uh, well, SMU too. Now we got we just got to say the Lord. The Lord got to know it. Anyway, shout out to all of the colleges out there, all the universities. You know some of my favorites, Tennessee. You know we love you, Bama. Guys, we got a good show for you today. You're on Ebony Republicans, or you're on with the greatest black ebony Republican. You on Clyde Yorkshire? I am Clyde Yorkshire. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Guys, we got a good show for you today. The Dems are in big trouble. Now, we told you all the real. It was hard for you to believe it, though. And I understand why. Black people switching to the Republican Party sounds like something out of a sci-fi and you did not know that's all it took to save the United States of America is allowing the black boys who you forgot about to come back into the fold it's been all about black women and Democrats abortions transgenders LBJDQ L and everything else LMNLP and you know again we are the ones filling up the tombstones Graveyards, eulogy services, while well, black women come for the photo op and cry and all this other kind of stuff, and created the havoc that we see in our community with the fathers being gone and the social engineering and setup that took place in order to create that welfare state and make the black community a failed state. Now, the reason why this is a channel for white women. It's because they are my biggest supporters. You might know the story of the lawyer who took me in her home, a young white woman. If I was old enough, I would have sure smashed that. This beautiful white girl, 26, 27. I was only about 14, 15. She got me out of the juvenile system and found a way to find me a home. I don't know what was on that lady's mind, why she saved Clyde Yorkshire. A.K.A. Hezekiah, A.K.A. Ebony Republicans, and A.K.A. Igor. I think I like that name, Igor. It's starting to, it's starting to work with me, you know what I mean? Well, guys, today the black community has said that Trump is a nigga. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. And they said that he get a black card and that we finna protect him as best as we can. You understand me? That's what's finna go down, right, y'all? Now, guys, I am a well-spoken man. I love and treasure my vocabulary, if you will, a lexicon. I love words. My mom is a wordsmith. 
And I like to think sometimes I show signs of just that. This channel is not racist. We love white people, specifically white women. To me, they're the sort of the earth. I'm not going to be distinctual or have to tell you what my reasons are. Even though they are some of the most beautiful in the galaxy. They have some of the greatest shapes, child, I've ever seen. They be going riding their bike, walking their dog and everything. Going out on the town and everything. And they wear these gowns. You know, you know the, the black women, white women got different kind of asses. They got those fantasy asses. You know what I'm saying? Great for every type of stuff, like Velcro. You can do anything with it. You understand me? And they got these nice fit asses. The lingerie, the gowns go right between their butt, right between the crease. This is all feminine stuff, man. Like that. She, this, you, you just can't wait till that white woman walk by. She got a little bounce in her ounce, too. And you know that, that dress is great. Let's just stop right there, okay? Because we're getting carried away now. And I'm so sorry, guys. Just a little entertainment. That's all. You, you, now, look, now, listen. No, 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 no. Stop right there. Yeah, that gown and dress be all up they butt, y'all. I be turned on like you wouldn't believe. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you why I said that. Because I wasn't going to say it. I don't give a damn what you think. Huh? If I said that about black women, y'all wouldn't have said nothing. You wouldn't have thought twice. But because white women are getting some respect here on this goddamn channel. Some love. Some praise. Oh, what is this? Some sort of freaky jungle fever? See, whenever white men would deal with black women on the plantation or off it, it was just, you know, a diverse couple. A mixed, assorted relationship. But when we show interest or marry or date a white woman, first thing they start talking about is jungle fever. They've never did a skit where you see a weird monkey looking woman, and I'm sure it's out there somewhere, and it's nice white man. It's always the nice white woman and King Kong. The white man has had his cake and eat it too, and he has went fishing and swimming all in the black woman. It's mainly their minds. And this is what made the liberals make the deal with black women. They had a vision, liberal left-wing white man. And his vision, he saw his white woman on his arm, and he saw the black woman driving him around. He saw the black woman cleaning his tables and everything. But making good pay. You saw the black woman working in his front desk, being his little secretary. The white ones are the best secretaries, but anyway. And his salary, he's got ready for her. Listen at this. Whew. Over time, they came up with a crazy idea. After studying and doing thorough research, they figured these black people who are slave to the Democratic Party well we don't need to market to the black men we need to get them out of the house because they're not going to go for the welfare state and obviously they were successful at that with the help of black women but we don't need to chain the children they said 
Because if the parents are in chains, specifically the mom, stuck in this liberal journey, the children will just follow. That's what they thought. And they were right. For over 30, 40 or so years, we followed this new creation of a black woman. Very different from the 70s type of black woman. Most of them were born in the 50s, the 40s, and the 30s. So it's, it's amazing and it's, and it's important that we understand the timeline. Just because a woman was in the 70s doesn't mean she's necessarily lived in the 70s, just like myself. I was born in the 80s and lived the 80s. Every year of the 80s. So I got some of the training of the 80s. Now take somebody who was born in 1988 or 1989. By the time they even started walking, they're ready in the 90s. So they're really a product of the 90s. And, not, and then that's going to be hard as well because by the time they get about 10, 11 years old, it's going to be the 90s are done with. You see what I'm saying? So these women that we have here are not your grandmothers and grandmothers and grandmothers and those good, great American black women's. These are a new creation, almost clones, welfare recipients. Trump is back in the news, and that's what this is about. Now, again, I grew up in New York City as a liberal and a Democrat, and eventually I wasn't anymore. I want you guys to understand something that's happening, and it might shock you. Then again, maybe it won't. According to my polls, at this moment, President Trump is at a 35% with black Americans. Unheard of. Unprecedented. We're back on the party. Now, I had to explain this to a woman who didn't understand. Who kept talking this other, I don't know what the hell she's talking about. And I told her, I said, there comes a time where we have to get rid of our nobles. There comes a time where we have to get rid of the leadership and bring about new leadership. The black caucus, the black church, the Christian black church under the helm or stewardship of the Christian black women, we can't use that anymore. They're two races. They, 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 they are, they have irreconcilable differences with their own, their own selves, with black men. They race bait. They always talking about bigoted stuff. They do not allow the youth to move forward. So we have to get rid of our nobles. We have to get rid of 
the top brass in the black community and a new one is being formed that is more right-leaning balanced though love this country patriotic and first they people were saying well why would you do that how would you do that that ain't going that ain't going to fly you seeing it being done in your face this is the new black community they're going to have to renegotiate all contracts again with black people again. Because our corrupt black church group is out of here. It's done. It feels good to deal with white people as humans, right? A lot of black people will defend white folks at some point. Being around them, working at Tom Thumb, working at Panera Bread, Starbucks, Fios, Spectrum, corporate America liquor store and you realize that these people are human they're just different they see the world through a different lens this means you don't have the same thing in common white woman has breasts just like a black woman they have distinct qualities that are feminine you know how they carry themselves, things they talk about, things they ain't gonna do as a woman. Women are women. They ain't, see, as much as y'all try to divide us, there was never a time that I've been on this planet where I've heard them say, see, well, not all women, no, women are the same as so is men, okay? People would go to their graves standing by that, okay? And they don't like the fact that we are realizing that, Okay, there might be some similarities that differ in the way we were raised. Our grandparents might have been there, might have had wealth and everything else like that. But we are not different. The system feels like it's losing ground. I don't want these young people coming together. I don't want young people seeing white people as humans. I want them to see them as crazy I don't know what the hell we're thinking. And they don't want white people not to see blacks as humans as well. Guys, we're at that time. I'm just keeping it real. If a white woman don't put on some deodorant, you're going to smell like them good old natural underarms. But she just as normal as everybody else. You hit their toe, they cry, it hurts. Everybody has good days, bad days, here days. You know, I mean, it's we are as normal of a society as it comes. But there has always been this ignorant state of black America that has been controlled by the liberals, the Democrats, and the black church headed by Christian weaponized civil rights black women. Let's take a listen to what is going on now that we are up. You're on the black conservative perspective, the black conservative perspective. Let's hear what they got to say. Listen. What's your honest reaction to Trump's mugshot? I think it's really a good thing for the black community because when you look at it, the Democrats really kind of forced the crime community on black people, bringing rappers to the White House, etc. And every time a mugshot come out of those said rappers, the album goes crazy. Now that Trump is no longer a stranger to the culture, he's a part of it, it's going to backfire. It's the worst thing they could have ever done and the best thing that we could have ever gotten. Trump 2024. 
Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. So you are obviously a person of color like we are. Yeah. And we're supposed to not be Trump supporters. So what I'm is a, it about Trump you that... You know what? I'm going to tell you something right now. I was talking to my husband about it earlier. And when I really started educating myself and informing myself on Donald Trump, one thing that I'm passionate about is human trafficking, that especially of... Now, with all due respect, you need to... When you, when you listen to us talk, you need to listen to what we're saying. He said... We're supposed to not like Trump. And there are people at the gateway that are standing to make sure you lose your black card or you vote for Trump. Listen to this sister say she was talking to her husband and she was very uninformed. They have kept us dumb, deaf, and blind. And part of doing that was using reverse racism. As long as we can convince you that this old white man, this slave guy, this nation, this white people in this country have done something to you. They hate you. They're out to get you. They're against you. I, we can keep you ignorant. Just lean on us. Come to us. We'll help you out of this. We'll deal with the cops for you. Make sure you got health care. And we fell for it. We thought, because of our mothers, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe we should. But one thing they slept on my generation, we didn't just bring you Snoop Dogg and NWA and JC. We also brought you Trump. And it's up. Guys, I, I was, listen, I was um, in a grocery store the other day and Central Market, and there was a guy in there who was a gang member. I saw his flag. I saw the side he had it on. And I just asked, I said, let me ask you a quick question, Chief. I said, listen, man, I know you um, probably not into politics, whatever. Excuse me for assuming. I said, but what do you think about Donald Trump? He said, yo, on blood, man. He said, yo, I fucks with him. Yeah, that's a real nigga, but they gonna kill him. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Did you hear what I just said? A whole cr a blood said that. A gang member. It's like, I fucks with Trump. I'm gonna tell you something right now. They gonna kill him. That's what he thinks. Guys, let's pay attention to this. Children, and when I really started digging into it, I saw that Trump also is a huge supporter. He donated recently $35 million to support uh, uh, human traffic survivors. Yep. That really um, struck a chord with my heart. And so Amazing. when I started really looking into him, I started, I'm about action, I'm not about words, okay? Yes, I like the fact that he says what's on his mind. I like the fact that he doesn't say what he thinks people want to hear from him. And to me, I know everything that he's done for the black communities, and I stand behind him Beautiful. 100%. I'm not only a Trump supporter, I am a Trump lover, and for oh. the longest time, I've been afraid to come out and say that. Well, here we go. Because I didn't want to lose my blackness or my black friends or whatever. But Remember what Joe Biden said, if you vote for Trump, you ain't black. So and if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. That's what he said. That's what he said. Alright guys, so apparently black people are voting for Trump, okay? Black people are shifting towards Trump in droves, at least according to social media and Fox News. Now on social media, you're seeing a lot of people, a lot of black people come out in droves 
and talk about how much they are now supporting Trump and that the hood has Trump's back, okay? Interesting. A Trump 2024 in the hood. I don't mean no harm, and I don't give a damn who this offends, but if that nigga Trump get convicted of this crime and he can still run for president, I'm voting for his ass. I'm voting for that I'm voting for him. If that gets convicted and he can still run for president just to see what the he do, because that funny now, Trump is funny as hell, I'm voting for him. I'm telling you right now, okay? So just miss me with it. Americans are turning over in their bed and in their graves. They would have never guessed that this would happen. Trump get convicted of this crime and he can still run for president. I'm voting for his ass. I'm voting for that. I'm voting for him. If that gets convicted and he can still run for president, just to see what the he do, because that funny now. Trump is funny as hell. I'm voting for him. I'm telling you right now. Okay, so just miss me with it. Make America great again. <laughs> when are you guys gonna learn? The more you indict, the more we unite. Facts. It's Trump 2024. We don't care. You heard me? We already made our mind up. You already know when the hood got your back. Man, they deep in the hood. Gangsters. How about Trump 2024? You heard me? Woo woo. Gangsters. The hood got this man back. I'm just trying to tell you. You heard me? And we ain't, we ain't stupid, man, American people, man. We ain't, we ain't all them talking about lockdowns and back when the mask and all that. You know, they got a new virus coming and it's going to be, man, nobody don't care. Ain't fooling nobody no more with none of that. You know, new jack, man, nobody, nobody being fooled no more. We all the way up, you heard me? It's Trump 2024. That's what it's going to be because we ain't having nothing else. Yeah, so that's word on the street. Right? Word on the street. Word in the hood is that... And just so you know, this is out of control, by the way. Black women are panicking all across America because they have a relationship with, the obviously, the Democrats. They have a relationship with the liberals, and they was promised that black women would deliver. They was promised that she would deliver deliver the community to them keep the community under control make the community say and do what she tells them to say and do they're losing this power fast this is scary trump now got a n-word pass right he got an n-word pass right trump is that you know what he's that guy right <laughs> Because <laughs> he got a mugshot. Again, this is fascinating stuff. It really is. Now, again, Fox News is also drunk in this Kool-Aid, and they think that because of Trump's mugshot, that now black people are going to start, you know, voting for Trump in droves as well, too. When Trump was in town about to be processed, watch this. Listen. That might have been him. Oh, that was him This 
was like a parade going by. I mean, look, Trump got 12% of the black vote last time, which was a 4% improvement. There are polls showing he could, he could get 18 to 20% of the black vote. The election's over, that's the case. If that the happens, it's over. all over. No, it's totally yep. over. Now, I specifically wanted to say the mugshot itself mirrors the mood of the public because I'm sensing it across ethnicities, uh, racial lines, uh, and African-American men, uh, after telling them for years that the justice system is corrupt and crooked, they're looking at this, you know, in some of the videos we've seen today and featured, they're looking at some of this going, whoa. That's my honey right there. That's my bull right there, Laura Ingrams. I just want to stop you for one quick second. We are not with black women at all. We're not on the same page with them. We don't have the same concerns with them. Their concerns are their concerns. What they're doing is what they're doing. Did you hear what she said? She said black men has been told, not the black community, because black women is with the deep state. We've been told that we're not good enough. We're not needed. We don't have any special gifts or craft after we built this country, more than black women. After we fought in the wars, more than black women. After we made inventions in this country, more than black women. After we've lost blood, sweat, and tears fighting to keep this country, this country, they come out and tell us we ain't nothing but a bunch of gorilla niggas with big hanging brown dicks beating our chests and eating a bunch of junk shit in our stores. That's all we are good for. Shame on them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> now they're targeting him. Do you see that or am I overstating it? No, you're absolutely right, Laura. That, Laura, that's what's happening. And look, Americans are pissed off. You're talking about a government and Department of Justice that ignores the crimes of the president's son and, frankly, the president himself. The Democrats, you can tell, are nervous because the media understands how powerful imagery is. And it's their business. And they have handed this guy a huge political gift, which will last until eternity. It's a cultural phenomenon now. He's banking off of it. And everyone's talking about it. Black Americans online, some of them are saying, I'm voting for Trump now. Because they, too, have sometimes felt they've been unfairly targeted by the criminal justice system. And you know, in this country, nationally, one or two percent of the black votes went... Now, guys, we're talking about Jesse Waters. Um, this, this, this is my homeboy right here. And he's helping you to appreciate, because he get paid to do this, how black America is seeing what's going on. This man is helping us to appreciate the reality of what is now trickling down throughout America. And they have been hearing People have been seeing. And people have known for years that black males been treated like shit. We know it. Everybody knows it. The Arabs that come here, you know it. The Hispanic men, they see it. Black women, they see it more than any one of you. However, we can get all them other people to acknowledge that they treat us like shit. We get black women talking about we ain't doing enough. That's the problem. You ain't, then they ain't nobody treating you no worse than me. I'm the worstly treated because she's on the payroll with Massa. You see what I'm saying? She is on the payroll with Massa, getting everything she needs from Massa. And you know how people, when they got a job, they don't want nobody else to work there when you ask them, are they hiring? No. No, they, 
Yes, y'all is, huh? Let me speak to the manager, goddammit. Okay? America can see clearly now. Let's keep it going. ...to the Republicans, that's the election right there. Mm-hmm. So the Democrats have overplayed their hand. They've done something that no one else has ever been able to do, and that's make Trump a sympathetic character. Yeah, so you see that, you hear that, okay? Uh, a whole lot of optimism there, a whole lot of optimism. As you have Fox News putting out this poll that I haven't verified because I haven't seen it on the website. I haven't seen the news clip in which this infographic came from. Maybe I'm just not doing a good job of finding it. But apparently this came out even before Trump's mugshot showing that support among black voters for Trump apparently is at 20%. 20%. Which, if that translates to actual votes, then that will be a historic landslide victory for Trump. Now, in order to actually get to this number, because you got to look at 2020, uh, they estimate between 10 to 20 percent of black men voted for uh, Trump. I would probably guess on the lower end, probably closer to 10 percent. And then when it comes to black women, it is estimated between, what, 5 and 8 percent? I would probably guess the lower number, 5 percent of uh, black women voted for now, Trump. Now, notice these numbers don't sound nothing remotely close to what you're hearing whenever there's a Democrat involved. Black women are like they're seeing Jesus. They're here like they're supporting another black woman, whatever that means. They have a cult-like reality. I don't even want to get into that. I'll stay out of it. But notice when it comes down to the Republican, black men are the higher voters. Now, why would black women be the higher voters on the Democratic? Because they've been getting partying gifts. They've been giving these women for the last couple of years housing, funding, etc. Well, what happens if the Republican Party decide that we're going to cater to you as well? We're going to help you get resources as best as we can. You'll start to see those same numbers start to look identical, but for the Republican Party. And this is something, again, that they have dreaded for many, many years, because this is where we used to be when we had the black community under control and things were working out wonderful. And we had our nice wives and our families, our religion, our God, and everything was fine. The moment that they removed the fathers, installed a matriotic deep state operative as the black woman, uh, weaponized the black church, started teaching victimization weaponization of the black church and the Negro circuit and the Chitlin circuit and you got this crazy new reality that we're living in and we're wallowing in filth and mud but you can always count on young people that's one thing I love about the streets we have street justice believe it or not the black community can deliver a verdict that no matter what court that you bring up or put him under, they could never do to him. The black community can render a verdict on Trump that will change this country. Now, some people are saying that there is a 20% swing and 20% of the black community is going for Trump. I've been doing my research. About a year ago, 20% of black people were voting for Trump. Now again, every time I say something, 
that sound a little bit outlandish, here go you. I don't know about that, man. I mean, I was with you, brother, but you're going too far. Recent polls that I used to understand things a little bit better showed Trump at 35%, a whopping. Now, this was before the mugshot. He is at a whopping, whopping 35% of support by the black community without being ready and geared up you have over 16% of black men that are voting about to vote or at least flirting with the idea they say you have 8% or 5% of black women we hear that is upwards of 10% and maybe leading towards 12. Again, numbers the Democrats are not happy about. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to turn on black women. They always have. They're going to flip on black women. Let's, let's stay with it. Come on. Now, in order to get to 20%, you probably need about 20 to 30 percent of black men voting for Trump and about 10 to 20 percent of black women. Now that is bare minimum what I would say is a realistic outcome for Trump to get to 20 percent support. Which, you know, hey, who knows, okay? There could be black people who are now waking up, okay, after doing their research, okay? It didn't, it wasn't the economy, right? It wasn't the fact that uh, Joe Biden did not fulfill any of the promises that he made to black folks. Wasn't that not crime, right? Maybe it is the mugshot. Maybe it is the mugshot. Maybe that's what it took for people to actually wake up to what's going on in this country, okay? Being able to sympathize with Trump because there's so many black men that, you know, deal with the system, right? And seeing Trump deal with the system, maybe, just maybe, that's what needed to be done. Again, it'd be fascinating, right? Fascinating that black people weren't influenced by, again, the economy, they weren't influenced by crime, Joe Biden not fulfilling his promises, decades of Democrat policies that have destroyed black communities, nah, that didn't move the needle, right? Trump needed to get arrested. Trump needed to get some street cred, okay? But then again, you know, you do have some black women, like the beautiful black woman that I uh, showed at the beginning of this video, who did her own research and decided to support Trump because he's against things that uh, she finds to be abhorrent, like trafficking, okay, which is a big thing on the right. And after doing her research, she's decided that she is a Trump supporter. She was afraid to come out as a Trump supporter uh, because she was afraid of losing her black card. She wouldn't be invited to the cookout. But hey, like I tell everybody who's afraid of not being invited to the cookout, I would say, well, hey, at the very least, if you don't get invited to the cookout, there's less of a chance that you might get shot, right? So again, there's pros and cons to everything in life, okay? I'm just saying. But I think that this poll, honestly, guys, is overly optimistic, I've spoken to several different um, attorneys for flying out here. Um, the cost is typically between... What we're listening to right now is the Forbes report, and we're going to listen to some of black people who have changed their direction. 
So sorry, I don't really want to go down to the man's bio, but I want you to just listen to what he was trying to be tripped up, and they were trying to find out where his loyalty lies, and with the Democrats, Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, or you with that new shit that's going on. 
Mainstream success came with his electric verse on Juvenile's Back That Thing Up. His lyrics are crafty and calculating, yet raw and explicit. I know how difficult it was to watch us come up with our pants sagging and our shirts all big and bandanas on and repping street things and talking about guns. Every verse was about how I would run in your house and tie your parents up or something like that. And I was, I was, I so million records in a, a heartbeat it was about lyrics mm -hmm. it was just about it wasn't about what you were talking about it was about how you was talking about it what do you say to people who call your music vulgar misogynistic offensive degrading um, no, that's what you think again this is a black woman interviewing a man who America likes listen at this anytime America likes a black man Anytime America's looking at black, keep his ice cube. I don't care if it's Charleston White. Just listen. About the music, if that's what you categorize it under, then so be it. All those things made me who I am, and I am a very successful man. Please keep looking out for more, because it's coming, baby. So your daughter, would you have any problem with her being called a or a hoe? Yeah, they call so her. He, now here's black women again, these slippery, interesting women who are on the liberal deep state agenda she's interviewing this man about his career then they want to know well with all that success are you part of our secret society are you a democrat are you with the liberals do you respect and support and understand that a black woman is ruling per the democratic party wayne is like look bitch uh i'm a powerful man and uh, I make music. I ain't trying to get into your goofy shit. Listen, it's real. Listen. Uh, I have a huge problem with that. Yeah, but I've never called a certain female in my name out unless I got a real big problem with a. Yeah. To say this father of four is controversial is an understatement. But the self-described gangster says he's often misunderstood. Gotta be the biggest misconception that I'm some kind of rude. I don't know. And they meet me, they're like, oh, you're so humble or whatever, whatever. But I'm from the South. I have to be respectful and everything like that because I have someone to answer to. And that's my mom. But Wayne doesn't really care what we think. Now, listen, this is a man just like myself. I don't care what you say about me. I love my mommy. And I will give everything for my mom. I love my mom. Okay? He loves his mom. That doesn't mean that we don't have a job to do a country to say, and we have to rebuke the Democratic Party. So don't get it twisted. People may get it twisted. Well, I thought you loved your mother. Now, what are they trying to do? So why is you want with the Democrats? Let's just take a listen a little bit further. About every aspect of his life. What's your relationship with, with weed? Every day? This guy, this my family, this my kids, this music and weed. In that order? Yeah. Our journey with Wheezy started back in 2013 at his own private skate park he constructed in Miami. How do you, a self-described gangster, end up being such a prolific skateboarder? I just fell in love with skating, plain and simple. The thing you love most about it is landing the tricks, landing them and landing them well and being able to say you did that. A few months later, he invited us to Amsterdam backstage at a sold-out performance. 
what are you thinking about when you're walking on stage? Usually what's on my mind is just impressing the people. I'm usually trying to fill the crowd out first. Being on stage for me is everything I ever dreamed of. I'm always at home on stage. Nowadays, Wayne has been making more headlines than music. Due to an ongoing legal battle, his completed Carter V album remains on the shelf, which is why he says he chose now to release a memoir. Gone Till November is a diary that chronicles the eight months he spent at Rikers Island for an illegal weapon possession. When you look back at prison, has it been life-changing? I learned a lot about people. You are all on the same level. You're all going through the same thing. Everybody wants to go home. But outside of a jail cell, his celebrity status has clearly shaped his perspective. Recently stirring controversy on Fox Sports when he said he personally doesn't see racism because so many of his fans are white. I thought that was clearly a message that there was no such thing as racism. There was a lot of backlash from people about that. Would you change it, what you said, or you still be the same way? What's your thought on, on Black Lives Matter? What is it? What, what do you mean? The idea is that there's this movement called Black Lives Matter thinking that the rest of America didn't seem to understand that, that Black Lives Matter. It just sounds weird. I didn't know that you put a name on it. It's not a name. It's not whatever, whatever. It's somebody got shot by police for a reason. I am a young, black, rich If that don't let you know that America understands Black Matter these days, I don't know what it is. Don't come at me with that dumb man. My life matters. Especially. Here's a black man that I, he's become one of my favorite artists right now, Lil Wayne. He has this great relationship with Skip Bayless. And I, you should hear how Skip talks about this man. He loves him. He sees the guy. He sees the human. He sees the, the person. Ernestine and Skip Bayless are like Lil Wayne's adopted parents in some cases this black woman is attempting to sort of act as if little wayne is just some stupid hip-hop guy black guy you know leave it up to us black women let us help you you need to be on black lives matter he's like ma'am don't come at me with that dumb stuff my life matter black lives matter and this is where we are in America. Kid, by overlooking all the good shit that he did. America, it's time to shift gears. They're going after Trump and they do it out of fear. Some say he's racist and tweets like a kid. By overlooking all the good shit that he did. tell y'all, man, rap is starting to get on the map as it pertains to this. So much so, I had to kick a little bar at the beginning. <laughs> Try to tell y'all, that's wifey material right there, fellas. Y'all better get on the ball. I'm not gonna lie, that was fire, man. Tell her to keep that up. That was awesome. But all these Trump indictments, it's been compared to him having his street credibility now. <laughs> I tried to tell y'all, it's really no surprise that he's getting more and more support from the black community. You start to see more and more. Now, again, when I tell y'all something, sometimes you think, oh, you know, he's just a guy you know he's uh you know obviously been whitewashed so you know he don't really know what he's talking about guys i'm telling you what i hear on the democratic party msnbc fake news and and and, C and uh 
and, and CNN. But I'm telling you, family, I, I talk to the streets. I listen to the streets. I hear what they're saying. I'm a part of it. I'm a black man. I got a black card. Y'all didn't know that? Yeah, I hear what they're saying. And the black community is waking up. We understand what has happened in many cases with our fathers. We understand the democratic control and a black woman who signed up for this mess, and now she's in trouble. And now the black women that are waking up, and they're saying, we're not doing that. They're mad at them. They want to get them, shut them down, cancel them, quiet them up. Let's keep taking a listen just a little bit longer. Black people uh, speak out about what's going on against him because, like I said, without him in office, you can clearly see the difference. I'm trying to tell y'all the Democrats, <laughs> they shook. Because us black people, bro, we looking at Trump. This indictment is causing black people to support Donald Trump more. Um, they had a video of Trump going down to be indicted in Atlanta. And there was neighborhoods of black Afri of African-Americans cheering for Trump because they understand how they have been done by the system. Uh, they understand that they've been... Their people have been attacked by the system for, for, for generations. So they see this attack on Trump and they, they relate to it. And it's causing most of all I saw on TikTok was people supporting Trump. And I think this indictment that this corrupt DA did is going to backfire. It's going to come have droves of people that support him that never would have supported him before. Y'all seen the video of him strolling through the hood? I'm going to show that in a minute again. Trump is definitely being victimized by leftism, bro. I mean, it's clear to see. And even if you are, like I say, under the brain rush radar for so, if, you, if you've been under that umbrella for so long, these current events, bro, it's, it's too clear HD vision for you not to see. Black people for years, we've been victimized by leftism. <laughs> and we starting to wake up. The media tries extremely hard, and they succeeded for a while, of convincing us black people that Trump hated us. And it doesn't matter how many achievements, how many things he done signed off of specifically to aid black people, nobody cares. I mean, look. Check this out. Trump hates black people. This is bizarre. He defeats you and you support him? Bizarre world. Seriously? But Biden didn't want his kids mingling with other black kids in school? And that's actually documented? Trying to tell you, you can't teach stupid. A lot of people would like to insult us blacks for supporting Trump. Like we only doing it for the stimulus checks. Check it out. If you guys want another stimulus check, just say that. No need for the antics. <laughs> hey, it might be some people's reasons, but for me, hell no. It might be some people's reason, but nah, man. We looking at policy and action. But no worries, these black people fit into the Uncle Ruckus category, according to the brainwash. Some people even alleging that they paid actors. Hell, I've been accused of being paid from Trump. Let's take a look at some thoughts from black people about black Trump supporters. He has his thoughts on just black Trump supporters, people in the black community that, that are supporting Trump. What are your thoughts on them? <laughs> it's quite, it's quite silly to trust, um, to, to trust him. Really quick, yeah. I do want to say, I actually do have a black Trump supporter right okay. over there. This is okay. my friend Amir, Amir Cruz on over here. <laughs> now, they were saying that they think that supporting Trump as a black American is silly. Do you guys mind kind of elaborating on that? Well, I would like to hear him first because I don't want to... I don't really. I'm not calling. I'm not calling. What are your thoughts about black Trump supporters? Um, 
you know, I'm a white person, and uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't think people should be criticized for going against you know what the group that they're a part of is doing. I do think um, I'd be really curious. Now listen to what this man just said. I'm a white guy. He's a liberal guy. This guy here, a Democrat. He said he don't believe that the black community should be going against their community. If the, the, the greater black community, which it looks like under the Democratic Party, tells you that he's no good, why are you going against them? So the establishment blacks that they put in power, what they're saying is why are y'all going against what black women who's in charge of you told you to do? That's what he said. That's what he pretty much was trying to say. Now let's hear the reasons um, that they're doing that, but you know, if they want to do that, they're welcome to. I mean, I guess my main thing that I vote for Trump over Joe Biden is because I want to be told how to vote, you know? Joe Biden goes, you're not black if you don't vote for me. I'm not cool with that. And you know, it's all a matter about trying something new. Democrats have been in control of some of these cities for decades. Right. Chicago, Atlanta, for over 40 years almost. And they're leading in crime, they're leading in poor education, they're leading in poverty. So it's like, why not try something new in some of these areas? I'm not saying Republicans are perfect by no means. But it's a matter of Trump versus Biden. I'm just on the side of Trump because I just don't feel that Biden brings anything to the table. He's not done anything um, to specifically help black and brown people. Yeah, have you ever met a, a black Trump supporter before? I actually have never met a black Trump supporters, so that's why I'm like, I have no idea what the statistics reflect. We have a black Trump supporter right here for you, Michaela. Oh my god. Michaela was saying that uh, Trump has not done anything good for the black community. Black and brown, I believe you used. Do you go to HBCU? Yeah, do you go to one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Future Act, how he met with all the leaders of HBCU that are securing funding for HBCU. Obama did that as well. It's okay, funding people. Yes, Obama did do that. But well, I guess that is true, but at the same time, you ask, what did he do for black people? And he did that for black people. People funnel, uh, funnel money into HBCUs all the time. He really solidified it. And in terms of the first step back, are you familiar with that? Yeah, I know. You think that's a good thing for black people? I that mean, effectively releasing the, care, the people the care, that Biden put in jail. The CARES Act was a good um, act for everybody as far as this um, corona going on. I'm talking about something else. But do you, no, but do you think that's he good? Does, he does good things at the moment, and then he'll strip them away once he thinks that he got his base. Do you think he'll strip away the first step at? We don't know what this man will do. He's so dangerous. Don't you understand that? I don't. You know, I ain't gonna lie. I'm kind of used to that from my wife. Uh, when we talking about one thing, she decides to start having another conversation in the middle of the conversation that we have. So uh, I get that tactic all too well. Break this down for America. What he's saying is that black women are using psychology now. They have been educated. They have been uh, well trained by the liberals, the Democrats. And again, they have been in control because they are getting what they need out of the Democrats if they would just again. Control the black community, teach liberalism, teach Democrat values and all this other kind of stuff, and make sure that we have your vote. That's what we, so we're going to give you Section 8, you're going to get your way with uh, child support, you're going to get your way with jurisprudence, you're going to get your way with community college and everything else like that, and black men will never know that this is what we're up to. We will keep it a secret. We'll just say this is a Jesus thing. They don't want to come to church, so that's why we, you know, and the Democratic Party is going to help us. They're going to get us some affirmative action. They're going to get us some housing projects and everything else that we need in the uh, community to keep this thing.
thing going, this relationship between the black woman, the old nobles, Chitlin Circuit. Guys, it's real. It's, it's, you know, God is in the building today, and God doesn't like ugly. I'm going to keep it real with you. God doesn't like ugly. Um, and the Democrats have been behaving very ugly. I mean, there's no way to actually put this. This is the truth. Um, we let you listen to Jason Whitlock again the other day. We're very educated black men. But sometimes I want y'all to hear the street version of what black men sound like because they act like we're not educated because we may be in music or we may be in advertisement or we, you know, just may be, um, you know, not your um, average person that you hear of in a black community. So, you know, black women have, uh, have been given, though, the opportunity by the deep state to represent the black community on liberal politics um, and speak for us. Um, they got it all arranged. And again, uh, too many people do not get to hear from black people. So in a lot of cases, you don't know um, how black people are seeing this, how black people are feeling what black people are saying, it, you know. And so now, what's happening is America's being informed. America's being informed that black people are seeing the blatant lies and the reverse racism and the division in our country. We're seeing this. Many black people are seeing this right now. And this is causing the biggest uproar, the biggest um, confusion the country's ever seen, but in a good way. Now, just so you know, the country was about to go down. Just so you know, the country was about to go down hill, terribly. Blacks are in the building. Trump. Guys, there's no way else to put this. Um, and we're not going to be phony. This, that's, like I said, that's one beautiful thing about the youth. They're not going to lie to you. Guys, you're on Clyde Yorkshire. I want to thank you for taking time to be with us on this broadcast and just kind of keep up with what's happening in our country. May God bless you and may you continue to do the work that brings us together. Guys, this is the station for white women. You know we love our sisters. You know we love this country. And uh, we're going to keep you um, caught up with what's happening. And be glad. Be happy that this is happening. This is, a, this is the new story. This will be the new story in about a couple of months. Everywhere. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to another session you're on with Clyde Yorkshire this is an ebony republican channel check me out on gmail send me a message if you dare if you have any questions if you want to be a part of the show we also have a book 
on Decline Yorkshire. The book on Decline Yorkshire. Black Women Rings Around Saturn. Black Women Rings Around Saturn. We'll have a phone number on Decline Yorkshire for you to call as well. So we can have nice conversations. I like Audible right now. Uh, audio as well. And so uh, we're going to be in studio pretty soon doing the show. So you're going to like that. It's going to be really great. You're going to really enjoy that. I'm getting a lot of messages right now. Um, if we can kind of hold off on those a little bit. So everybody's talking about Trump. NPR, Yahoo News, Fox. The debate happened was interesting. I'm not going to butcher the young Republican name who made a great debut of himself to the world. I think it's Juan Swami. But uh, that sounds good. Um, I think he could make a great cabinet position. Unfortunately, I'm not willing to just elect him at this time, even though I would definitely take him over Joe Biden. I must say that. I don't have anger for Democrats. I want to explain that before we begin. We're going to talk about the sheriff and law. So just so you know, guys, get ready. We're talking about law today. So if you turn this broadcast on and you're going to enjoy it so let me just explain to you what you're going to do you're going to get comfortable whether you're at the laundromat or LA Fitness if you're in your home doing yoga or you're on a ranch getting some wood or some milk whatever listen up Wherever you are, on the corner of the streets, the salon, turn it up. We're going to talk about the sheriff, and we're going to talk about law. Now, before we get any further, the Breakfast Club has been, God, man, they, they, they have been, their ratings have gone up because of a black conservative by the name of Larry Elder, Good Lord. If, if I could let you guys hear what black people are saying about Trump, dude. This guy is going to get like 60% of the black vote on God. I'm telling you. we Believe it or not, the black church outnumbers everybody. And everybody respect the black church. There is no real denomination in a black church. It's not like white church. White church, there is denomination... And it's a whole different system. Some similarities. That's why we always say the black church. Because the black church has always been a lumped together, assorted, diverse expectation of God. Now you're talking about people who used to be slaves. And now they are taking Christianity out of slavery... And this is why, as Kevin Samuel says, a lot of black people do not get 
therapy because they associate therapy with slavery, unfortunately. This is real talk, by the way. People are saying that Donald Trump is a hero. And the Times, the Los Angeles Times, everybody's talking about this. Florida, he's the big topic. Bernie Sanders is out on The Guardian talking about Trump. Um, I think I played for you guys where Jason Whitlock on Fearless talked about how the deep state has been using black women specifically from the time of the fathers being out of the homes, the welfare state, to today as all black women and they're trying to use the black church in a legal you know theater are prosecuting Donald Trump Donald J. Trump this is why we're going to talk about the sheriff and we're going to talk about law because of this and things that are happening now Again, I have nothing against Democrats. As a native New Yorker and a Manhattanite, to be exact, I have lived a liberal, progressive, democratic life my entire life. And I'm going to tell you an honest story. Swear to God, the first time that I realized I was in Texas, I had lived 25 years plus in New York, and I had found myself in Texas after living in New Jersey, living in, good Lord, different states and things like that. Child, I was moving around, you hear me? But I was always in New York, like Bilbo Baggins, never forget where you leave your feet. You never know where you're going to end up at. So I was always aware that, you know, um, I was a New Yorker, and that just gave me the courage that wherever I go, I can make it. Well, I show up in New York, right? Now, at this time, I'm not politically woke at all. I know nothing about politics. I just know I'm a Democrat. I'm black. I'm a victim. You know, racism, Dr. King, Malcolm X, the whole nine yards, Farrakhan. Rosa Parks picking cotton, you name it. You know the story. You know the story. So they give you the one over. Here you go. This is the story. Go out in the world. Be careful. The cops are bad guys. So you leave your home worried about the cops. Now, I just want to make this quick point. Do you know only people that is outside of the South really refer to law enforcement. Notice I said law enforcement as the cops or the police. That's not law enforcement. Police officers are not law enforcement. They're under the umbrella like security guards of law enforcement, but they're not law enforcement. The sheriff 
and I believe maybe the marshal. But I, I, I honestly believe that the sheriff is the only one that are actually law officers. And the only reason why I'm saying maybe the marshal is because, it, it actually the marshal is, I stand corrected. Excuse me, I don't know my American history. So sorry. As a patriot, as a Republican, as a conservative, right now, I want you to start what you're doing. By the way, you know this is the channel for white women. We big up, we love white women on this channel. Let me hear you say, hey. Ho, ho, hey, hey, ho, hey, ho, hey, ho, hey. I am everyday people. You remember that? So, yeah, this is the channel for white women. We showing love over here. We enjoying life. God is good. So, there's so many things happening in the news. Someone put a vicious story out there about Steve Harvey is breaking up with his wife and she cheated with the bodyguard. They had the whole story laid out, child. Steve up here looking crazy, bro. They got him on SWV songs, Aretha Franklin looking crying, and and it just looks like AI, but shame on them. I think this was a good weekend. A lot of things has happened. A lot of bad things have happening as well. Good Lord. We're still dealing with the Ukraine situation. That guy never puts on his suit. Vladimir uh Zelensky or whatever his name is, man. I don't know this guy. And uh, you, president of Ukraine. Good lord, have you ever seen an unprofessional leader? That guy. Even people in Africa and the Middle East would never show up on television in the middle of a war without wearing a suit. Come on, guys. The Chinese, they 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 took over the suit. Oh, am I talking today? Are y'all are y'all happy to be on this podcast, guys? This is the channel for white women. Guys, we love our young sisters, demographics from 22 all the way to 102. We just love white women. We love Jewish women. We love all people. But the channel big up our sisters because they are the ones that support they give things a chance, and we're having a Pacific conversation, so we're featuring white women at this time. You heard? Real talk. Real talk. You're going to go back and realize everything I told you comes to pass. Everything I told you. That's why I don't get flustered over money and wealth and shit like that. I tell niggas I'm from New York, baby Paul. I'm from the 13 colonies, you heard? If anybody's a slave, it's me. Nigga, I'm from the old niggas. You understand me? That's why Jewish people always looked out for me. I, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. I was born in Mount Sinai Beth Israel Hospital. That's why I've never been able to bash the Jews or be around people who talk about the Jews. It's, it becomes difficult for me because I know the Jewish and the Italians differently. Can't vouch for everybody. That's why they call me Young Hoffa. Young Hoffa. 
I'm going to get back to the story of how I became politically correct when I was in New in Texas. But I remember being in New York one day. I was a little kid coming out the the laundromat. We was playing video games. At the time. I think I was playing Archer Beast. And I was playing Pac-Man or Cupid or something like that in a, in a um, laundromat. It might have been the 80s. I came out the store. There was this guy standing outside. He was like homeless or whatever, hobo, whatever they call it today. And um, he was like, hey, come here, man. He said, hey, man, give me some change. I gave him like a quarter or something to 50 cent. He said, you know what? You're going to be like Jimmy Hoffa. I'm kid you not. And I thought he was a minister, like, you know, like T.D. Jakes or something or um, Cleflo Dollar or I forgot the other um, white minister we used to listen to. Um, damn, what is his name, man? Sunday at 11.30. We always listened to that man. That guy was like the guy. Anyway, I, I, his name will come to me later. And uh, so eventually, it was over time, you know, I started learning about who the hell Hoffa was. You know, union guy, got people together, you know, and things like that. He called me that because I used to get my friends together to go play video games. We wasn't doing nothing else. Just watching crackheads walk by and adults pay bills and shit. And the world go around and cops come by to make sure everything's okay. How about we play some fucking video games? You know what I'm saying? I always had white friends, Spanish friends. I always had, because I went to school in New York. Africans, Haitians, I went to school with all of that stuff. Going to school in New York. I went to PS 183. Yeah. Straight up. Every little kid I struggled, I had a white bunch of white teachers, females, they seem to be the only ones that understand us. They're talking about they don't understand us. They took white teachers out of the school, white women, because they were helping young black boys to read. And that's why with my charity, we are going to work with white women, specifically on a small townhouse uh, backdoor deal, because it, as a foundation, this goes back to slavery. This goes back to slavery, and movies were made on it, documentaries. Uh, Nat Turner was one little boy. Unfortunately, that story turns to be the way it is, and everybody who looks at it, you know, you take your pick. But he was a minister who did insurrections and things like that. But he became educated and he was a good man until eventually he flipped and snapped his wig and went on a killing spree to get out of slavery. But anyway, the guy was the minister of the town and he kept the peace and kept, you know. But he learned to be, he only became the minister because he was taught how to read by a white woman who shouldn't have taught him how to read and got books for him out of the library. But he became educated. Back then, you got in trouble for learning how to read. You understand me? So we look at the movie Life with Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy, and yeah, it's comical and funny, but it's real on top of that. Them boys in the South couldn't read. They gave the letter, and then Martin was like, yo, y'all really can't read? He was like, nah, New York City. We the South out here, you know, and things like that. And so they was like, they read the letters. They had, everybody in the jail had letters. Nobody they were from different places, Alabama. They were from Selma, things like that, you know, Louisiana. And they was in this jail. And Martin Lawrence and, and, and Eddie Murphy was from New York. And they, but they knew how to read. 
So everybody in the jail, whether they was enemies to them or not, had to bring their letters to be read that they was getting from different families and legal things and things like that. Interesting movie. Interesting movie, man. That's one of my favorites. But I just had to bring that up. They replaced the white teachers, the white female teachers, out of the schools because they were saying that there were behavioral problems. was no behavioral problems. The white teachers was reaching the intellect. For some reason, I don't know why. But when you see movies, when you listen to people like my story, and I tell you about the lawyer who got me out of trouble and had to stay with her because I was um, I was underage. You understand what I'm what I'm talking about. The Jewish ladies who helped me get my documents and things like that together because I was down and out. And I didn't know how to get it. I didn't know what department to go to, what number to dial. I understand the United States of America Corporation. Maybe some foreigners know better than me because I'm just a Negro out of the hood. And they saying, hey, well, you need to get educated here, pal. You got some uh, shit to do there, buddy. Right? So I moved to Texas. I'm telling you a true story. Early 20s. We're talking about 2005. I'm working... Now, actually, it was, I was, excuse me, we going back 2003. I was in New Jersey. Excuse my French. I was in Jersey. Peep game. So we're in Ridgewood, Jersey. East Ridgewood. Right near the train, train tracks. Working at Starbucks. Very upscale, high economy community. We working at Starbucks and um, it's like a Wednesday night or something. We closed down the store. It's like three girls, two guys, and some other people who was waiting outside and everything for them. You know, I was kind of new to the store, maybe a couple months in. And um, there was a lot of dope partners at that time, man, like real baristas, bro. That's when, you know, Starbucks was Starbucks. So they was like, yo, we um, normally don't hang out with, like, new people and stuff, but, you know, if you want to, I was the only black dude. They was like, yo, Billy, if you want to you wanna chill, um, come on. So we go, we chill. We go out to, like, this dope bar. It's almost like a, I don't know, it had, like, a Western feel to it, but it was kind of country. It was dope. So we get up in there, everybody's sitting down, you know, um, and we just started talking like about everything, music, the store, competition, where Starbucks is going to go. We love the company. We're going to get rich. We were just chilling, eating wings and just, you know, politicking and whatnot. So um, one of the guys who was like the cool guy, he can get you anything. Um, I ain't going to say his name. He was just, you know, being who he is. He's that, he's that, he's that nigga. You know what I mean? And um, he was like, "Yo, Billy, where you from?" You know, I told him. He's like, oh, "Okay." He's like, "Yo, um, you know about this or that or you know?" He was trying to like test me to see if I was like street or if I was just some, you know, black guy. 
you know, and really whatever. So I do a little bit, and um, he was like, man, you ain't about that life, man. He was just like kind of clowning me a little bit and everything. And um, he was like, yeah, you kind of stuck up or whatever he was saying to me. I forgot. And then we all, you know, I think they went somewhere else. I did not go. And some other people was like, yeah, I got to get home. It was starting to rain or whatever. So as I was getting in my car, this one girl came up to me. Um, she was she was awesome. Like In my opinion, she was the best barista. She was a black apron. She was just like, she was the cool head of everything. I don't even think she smoked um, any weed or nothing. Maybe not even drink. I'm not sure. She might. She might take some shots. I'm tripping. I don't know. So she was like Billy, telling me. She was calling me Billy. Um, family name. She was like, um, he's just liberal. He's just tripping. You know, he don't worry about him. He's like, I don't know what's up with him. He's a liberal guy. And um, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. So I went went home. And I thought about it. I was like, what the hell does that mean? He's liberal. I never, I don't understand. So fast forward years later, I moved out of Jersey. Maybe even a year later. And I moved to Texas. Now I'm working at Starbucks. Still, I transferred out to Frisco. So I go from Ridgewood to Frisco. Listen to the story. So I get out of Frisco. I'm working for Dale Darian. He's a great manager. I loved working under Dale. Then eventually I started to pick up some shifts and Little Elm and I picked up some in Plano off of McDermott. I was just like, um, and there was a guy that used to sit out front and he used to just talk about how great Texas is. And I used to like, oh, nigga, come on with that shit. So I was from New York kind of in my mind. But I admired the things that he was saying about Texas. I've never heard nothing like that before. And it was really, really, really cool. And um, I was still in my New York-minded shit, you know, young kid, early 20s, out here in Texas now. Ain't been out here more than five years yet, and I'm already, you know, first time in Texas, you know. Actually, kind of, man, it was pretty far from New York. Made my way down there to Texas. Listen to this. So I started working at Starbucks. And, um. I'm in a red state. I've always had red sort of politics. And I am conservative for sure. Pro-life. Pro-gun. I started to realize that I was a Republican, but I wasn't sure. So, I meet this girl at Starbucks. She was, I don't know, doing some homework or whatever studies. And um, I asked her something about, because I think she had 
something with Republican on it, like a, something on her keychain. And she was like, maybe 21, 20? I don't know. She went to Baylor. And I had got her scones wrong. I had brought her the wrong scones. And I remember that day because my manager comes over. Now, at this time, I get transferred from Dale Darien's store to Joe's store. I'm at Joe's store now. And now I'm deeper, close to downtown Frisco, off of Main and Till. Love that store. I should always still go there. I'm, I'm, I, I love that place. Anyway, so I go there. I don't know much more about Frisco. I'm thinking about it. So I'm, I, I, um, I'm, I'm in Joe's store now, right? Working with everybody is white except one guy, and he, he was gay and he was navy. He's a cool guy. Liked him. I didn't get along with him that much in the beginning, but later on, you know, he was more in the in crowd than I was in the beginning. Then there was my friend who was gay, um, Cameron. He lived a few, um, in, he lived in Frisco with me. And um, he, we became friends because we lived next to each other and I met his parents. They were from, they were both graduates, I think from UT. And they had a nice house. I mean, they was, man, I'm talking about rich people, man. And they liked me because I always told Cameron the truth. I was always front and center with Cameron. Guys, don't think I forgot. We're gonna we're gonna backtrack. We're gonna go. Just hold on. So Cameron and I became really good friends. We talked a lot about stuff. I was dating a girl from London, and she came out here, and oh my god. Cameron was the Dr. Phil for both of us. And he was more on her side because he was feminine. And he was my friend, though. But he was th he thought he was doing the right thing, trying to keep us together. And I will... I, and her name was Angela. And I will say this. I fucked that up. Right? But I'm going to tell you a true story. Now... I'm working at Starbucks. I get this girl's orders wrong. She was cute as hell. She was beautiful. She had a little Baylor shirt on and her little New Balance, nice socks, you know, skin groomed, everything's beautiful, pretty eyes, um, nice little bracelet, you know, everything was like just was a total winner, right? So I'm embarrassed. I messed up the order. I was probably busy staring. Just I was just around so many different. I've always grew up around white people, but not like Texas white people. You know what I'm saying? So being around, you know, um, white people in New York was just like relatives and shit like that. You know, old Jewish women, old Italian women, old you know women, well young women. Just you know everything was just New York, man. Just you know. Just these people out here, it was different. And I was dead smacking their face for the first time. Like, you know, I wasn't 
Because not that I wasn't around white people and stuff like that in New York, but I just stayed more into, like, what black people were doing stuff or whatever. This time, I, I moved right in the epicenter of the white community. In the epicenter. I moved into it. So, I believe Joe comes over. He fixes the problem. And he talks to me a little bit about getting the pastries right, how much they cost, and all this shit. And he's like, don't worry about it, Billy, you good? He's like, good. He's like, cool. So I'm wiping the tables down and doing what I'm doing. She was like, you know, it was it was cool. Like, like I could have just ate, I think, the vanilla scones, but she didn't want, I think she wanted cranberry. And for some reason, I got, the, got her the vanilla. Vanilla, or it was vice versa, but I got the scones wrong. And I was like, um, you a Republican? She was like, yeah. I just asked. I don't know why. I wanted to change the conversation. She was like, yeah, um, I know what you're thinking or whatever. And I was like, well, what do you think I'm thinking? She was like, uh, where are you from? I was like, New York. She was like, oh, yeah, nice accent and da-da-da. And, um. She was like, you like it here? I was like, yeah. She was like, I was going to apply, but, um, yeah, I don't know, whatever. I, I don't remember exactly what she said, but she went, she liked Starbucks or whatever. It was hip. It was everything, you know? So, um, I go away doing my things and whatnot, and she goes outside, and when she stood up and she walked away, I was like, no way. And, um, I kept looking, and I think it was one of the guys I worked with, if I'm not mistaken, he said to me, why don't you go say something? And I just looked at him. I think it was Jason O'Connell. And I just walked out there, and I said, hey, um, What's your name? And she told me. And I was like, hey, I'm, 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 I'm Billy Boy. She was like, Billy Boy, why do they call you that? And I told her, I was like, because I make all the apron things and the hats, the colorful hats. She was like, oh, you did that? She was like, that's so cool. You, you have the only store. You have all of these colorful hats and stuff like that. And, um, and stuff like that. So we was just um, yeah, talking about that. And then I was like, so um, you got a number? She was like, oh, yeah, um. Uh, well, I'm kind of dating somebody, um, you know, da, 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 you know, and she was like, but we can be friends or whatever. Um, she was like, um, yeah, I don't know where that's going. She was like, I'm not sure if we're going to be together or not, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about like the stuff. And she's like, oh yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, cool. So anyway, I hit her up like the same day. Went to the voicemail. Then the next day, it went to the voicemail. I was like, I, I gotta stop calling her. She's probably gonna think I'm a strange black dude. Like, you know. It's like, I ain't calling this chick again. She calls me back. Was like, hey, what's going on? What you doing? It's like, I was like, you, um, do you want to hang out? I was like, yeah. So, I don't know no better. I'm like, yo, um, let's meet up at this, this park. So we go to this park. 
It's tennis. A tennis park. We got no tennis balls, no tennis racket. And I'm like, oh, shit, that was dumb. So we get there. We get out the car. She's like, you come here? I was like, oh, a little bit sometimes. Because I do sometimes when I can't, I play. But anyway, I didn't have my racket. I have none of that stuff. So we're just, like, walking and talking and vibing and stuff like that. Now, at this time, my aunt had went to Italy. And I had this big old house in Frisco to myself. True story. So, somehow we go back to my place. See, when I'm young, I don't know, because when you're young, you don't necessarily have game, you just do it, like, it's only when you get older you got to find game because you're, like, scared. What if she says no? What if this? What if that? All of these problems come up. But when you're young, you know, you know what it is. You go for it, right? So, anyway, we wind up back at my place. Pull in. She parks in the back. It is, like, nothing but land behind us before you see the other houses like almost like a half an acre away like it was spacious so we go out and we come in through the back and we decided to stay like right there by like the garage and stuff because it was like it was nice the trash wasn't not funky or nothing it was like clean it was good and I had this chair and stuff that I sit out there and I got another chair so we go um I go in the house, and I had some, um, because it was hard to get anything around here, because where I'm at, there's a lot of dry areas, meaning there's no alcohol. So, I think late, early that day or something, I had stopped by in the colony, and I had got some, I think like Alize or whatever, and um, some of the coral. So, I get... We, we're, we're in the back and we're just like talking and stuff. So I was like, all right, I got a bunch of questions for you. And I, I, this was so scary. This was the first time that I had sat down and talked to a young white girl in a very personal space area. And all kind of things was in my mind. Believe it or not, Sex was not there in my mind. I, as, as dumb as that sound, it was just the experience was so different. I was like a boy again, like a little kid. Like it was like at the, like the playground kind of, you know what I mean? This was like a girl and I was like a boy. So let me finish the story. So I'm like, you want something to drink? She's like, no, really drink try it it's good so I pour her a glass of Alizé just a little bit I didn't I didn't put a lot um about a quarter of a glass I would say about a quarter and I poured myself about a half of a glass I didn't I didn't want to go crazy myself 
So we're sipping and we're talking. And she was like, well, I'm not really a Republican in a sense. Like, I go out and vote. She was like, but that's what I like. That's what I understand. She was like, my grandparents, my parents, da 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 um, And the issues that I believe in is, like, pro-life. I'm like, what does that mean, pro-life? She's like, it means, like, you're for um, carrying the child through full term, not aborting it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I think that's because growing up in a black community, we used to be like that. So I was like, yeah, um, I think that's what we believe too. She was like, oh, okay. She was like, and I believe in um, small government. I was like, what you mean? She was like, like not getting things from the government, having our own, um, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, me too. She was like, really? I was like, yeah. She was like, no, you just, I'm like, no, I'm serious. She was like, um, I'm pro Second Amendment. I'm pro gun, you know, um, I'm like, what does that mean? She was like, they want to take our guns away. And I'm like, who? She's like, well, certain people in the government, um, da da da. And I'm like, right, I guess I see that because they do try to come in the black community and do this and da da da. So I'm, I'm, I'm like seeing what she believes in as what I kind of live. So I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm for. You know, I'm pro-gun too. I mean, what you mean? I grew up watching Cowboys and Indians, you heard? So she's laughing like, you funny, you know, you talk funny, da 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 So we just vibing it up and stuff like that. And um, she was telling me that um, she thinks that black people don't see that we're getting played by the Democrats. And I'm like, what you mean? I'm sitting up in him all ears. I'm about to school this chick. She's like, well, if you go back and look at 30, 40 years ago and how your mom was raised and like how things are now, they're like totally dysfunctional. She's like, now this is in the white communities too. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. So I'm feeling comfortable now. It's not just like, you know, and... And part of my mind, I see her as, at this state of where I'm at in my life, I, I remember I haven't traveled at this point. I'm talking to this white girl outside of the country yet. I've traveled in the States. So just think of where my mind is. Come out of the streets. Also come out of the church as well. Let us be, be clear about that. But I come, you know, to a broken home. No father. You know the story. I'm up in here in Frisco talking with this chick. Now, I wasn't no rat in the street. I was just in a very unfortunate set of circumstances, mainly through the family. Through the family. So, we agreeing on all of these things. And I was like, I'm a Republican. She was like, no way, you're so silly, you're funny. She was, I was like, no, I swear to God, I'm a Republican. She was like, no, no, you're not. I was like, for real, I'm a Republican. And I voted Republican ever since. I started to take it serious. Even probably, more, I don't know, I won't say more than her, but I really became a conservative. Always was in some ways. Just lived in New York. So, after some time um, 
we would always get together, go to Starbucks. This young lady that I had met at Starbucks while I was at my job, um, she would pick me up, or I would pick her up, and um, we would go eat, go to the house, talk, vibe, and I wasn't ready for life at that time. It's just waking up to a lot of things. Like I said, I hadn't traveled to Germany, hadn't traveled to at this time. <sighs> Nowhere, really. But I was waking up, I can tell you that. And conversations with her was monumental. They became so monumental that I began to look at my life differently. Like, I want to live where she lived at. You know what I'm saying? I want the mortgage she want. I want the car she... I, I want life, yo. I was done... At, when I met her, I can honestly say... And sometimes I wonder if I ever see her again. Like, what would that be like? But I'm not even... We passed that way too far now. But it it changed my life. I started thinking a little bit at that point, I think. I started really thinking. And you got to understand what it's like changing. I believe she really knew law pretty good. That was one thing I was very impressed about. It's having a different conversation. It was different than when having a conversation with a black girl. Having a conversation with a black girl usually centered around sitcoms, entertainment, everyday ghetto life really interesting conversations I'll probably come back to this story so the sheriff is really the only law officer every day that we go through life and we have to not break the law. Let me give you an example. When the average person gets pulled over, they say, especially if there's nothing wrong, well, what are you pulling me over for? And the officer says, no, I just kind of, you know, seen you in this neighborhood, I don't know who you are. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to know if everything, you know, you was okay. And uh, if there's no, you know, drug things going on or like that, you know, no weapons in the car or like that. No, 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 sir. Um, okay, you want my sister car? Well, uh, no, I do mine. Um, all right, that's no problem. Uh, do you have your license, license registration on you, please? 
uh, I have my registration, and uh, why do you need to see my license? Well, uh, you know, um, you know, you have I committed a crime? No, you suspect me of a crime? No. So why am I submitting these things again? You can run my plates. Here's my registration. Our insurance card. What are we doing? That officer is not there to enforce the law. Now, they are deputized to enforce the law. But they're there to enforce policies. They're there to enforce policies. Most people work for someone who has policies. Not laws, but these policies are expected to be laws. Does that make sense? So, I want to commend the Sheriff's Department. How they handle COVID. And I wish the Sheriff's Department would investigate what happened January 6th, an independent investigation from the Sheriff's Department. With the amount of calls and radio messages that were on or not on the airwaves is more than questionable. The Chief of Police, and guys, I, I, I want you to listen to something for a second. The storming of the Capitol, killing members of Congress, or killing my police officers was ever. You've described this as an intelligence failure, but a failure is something that happens accidentally. None of the intelligence that was coming up talking about the storming of the Capitol, killing members of Congress, or killing my police officers was ever discussed at the conference calls that I was on, at least. That doesn't seem to make sense at all. It doesn't make sense. I'm looking at my men and women having their asses handed to them, and, and my first thought was, fuck it, I will take whatever yep. discipline there is. Once things got out of control, for 71 minutes, Pelosi refused to allow you to bring in the National Guard. Why don't we have answers? It, it doesn't seem like people really want to get to the bottom. Of it, and it gets worse from there. I had a conference call with the leaders of all the law enforcement. It was a call I coordinated. Not one person on that call talked about any concerns for the, the intelligence, the attack on the Capitol, that we were seeing that was out there. That's what's, that's what's scary. This sounds like a setup to me. I'm sorry, it does. New Jersey State Police beat D.C. National Guard to the Capitol. Wait, cops drove from New Jersey before the National Guard could get from the armory on Capitol Hill to the Capitol? Why isn't this story everywhere? I have no idea. If you wanted to understand what happened on January 6, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol, one of the first people you'd talk to, maybe the first, would be Stephen Sund. Sund was the chief of Capitol Police that day. He knew more about what happened than virtually anyone else in the United States. And yet congressional investigators weren't interested in talking to him. The media, not interested in talking to him. But we were. So earlier this year, we did a long sit-down interview with Stephen Sund about January 6th. That interview was set to air on April 24th of this year, and it never did. We don't own that tape, so we can't show it to you. So instead, we invited Stephen Sund back to explain what he saw and experienced that day. What he has to say is shocking. We recommend you watch.
Mr. Sun, thank you very much for coming back. Thank you for having me back. So um, I want to start with the days before January 6th, 2021. Um, now, we don't need to go into this. Please go to Tucker Carlson, Capitol Police Chief. Obviously, as they said, this was some sort of failure. However, it is pretty strange that the chief of the Dagon Police Department of the damn Capitol Police, who escorts and closely works with lawmakers, etc., those that are in the Capitol, closely coordinated with the president's office, they are not just your everyday average law department, I mean, excuse me, police department. They have probably a lot of special duties, right? I heard a lot of people train their whole life and wait to become part of the Capitol Police. This is the things I used to hear. So the Capitol Police that day, somehow, it's as if they were told to go to lunch, almost. Or just to stand still while we figure out what's happening. We'll get back to you guys. Just don't go home. And the police was like, wait, what the, there's some something going on here. We need to act. We need the National Guard here. We need to get down to this right now. Stand by. We got agents around. Things are going to go down. We're going to make sure everything's right. We'll protect you. We've got everything. Uh, got some, some people taking uh, this. We got this. Just stay, stay, chill out. Hold up. They sitting there. Okay, shit, man. Things are going crazy. What do we do? Hold on, man. He told me to wait, 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 wait for what? Look at this shit. What you mean? Call somebody. No, well, we can't do that right now because Pelosi said no and this one said no. <sighs> Finally, after you listen to his story, Chief of Police, he got tired of what made no sense and he acted and told his men to act by then, obviously, a lot of damage or whatever was going on took place. And what we're really learning is that they were sort of told to stand down uh, because there were folks who were leading the riot that were part of an undercover sting operation, sort of. So where people have trouble, like Tucker Carlson, is where, hold on. There was a, a riot on January 6th, is what you're telling me. Yes. And Trump seems to have had this planned. Yes. And you were there at this crazy event that became an insurrection, 
Yes. And you are in the intelligence community? Yes. Well, why were you there? Because we had intelligence that this was going to happen. Okay. So you were basically on scene to prevent it. Yes. Okay. Good, good. Now, did you coordinate with the chief of police? Well, we were, we, this was very sensitive information. Da, da, da. So no, we didn't. We thought we had things together, but we just actually didn't. Okay. Now, did you have any people, yourself, on the grounds or the premises? Yes, we have tons of people. Okay. And what were they doing? Were they in uniform? Were they undercover? Yeah, they were undercover. Okay. And what were they doing? And what were they wearing? And how were they dressed? Uh, well, they were dressed just like how anybody else would be. So, you know, we can blend in. Okay. Meaning that you wore what? Well, we wore Trump costumes, Trump hats, Trump this, Trump that. Okay. And, okay, so you blended in with the people, right? Right. And now... What happens? Well, things got a little crazy, you know, just as we thought. We tried to apprehend a few people, but, um, you know, they started conspiring. Like, yo, you ready? On the count of three, we're going to endure insurrection, and we were there. Okay, and, and, and what did you do? Okay, well, we were just like, oh, my God, we got to do something. Okay, now, you're the law enforcement, the, uh, like, intelligence community, not the police, but the high-ups. Yeah, okay. Now, at this time... Did you contact the police? No. W why? Well, because we felt we had it. We're law enforcement. We're up here. Okay. And so the insurrection is on now, right? Yes. Okay. And what were you doing? Well, I was just, some of us was in the crowd. Some of us was just looking around. Some of us, were you burning anything, throwing anything? Well, you know, I can't speak for everybody did, but I was just actually just holding the sign and yelling. Really? Yes. Again, here where the problem comes in for people like Tucker Carlson. More research shows that unfortunately... Some of the people that were there to just be onlookers and take notes so they can protect the Capitol, they actually helped to incite the riot. Okay? So you have people saying, now wait a minute, was this set up by the law enforcement now to look like Trump is doing an insurrection? Because down the line is blurry. Because you got people who are now, like I said, working for law enforcement in government, you understand me, at this riot and dressed as, you know, these peoples and everything else and, you know, anyway, 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 the sheriff handled COVID very well. I'll tell you something you probably didn't know. Some of the police officers were getting out of control. Listen. And in certain states, 
with COVID mandates that were ridiculous, by the way, to store owners and residents and whatnot, police started to try and regulate under the Medical Health Association or whatever. And this was becoming case after case and people were getting worried in states that I know where my families live, like in Virginia and other places. And then there was this meeting of law enforcement, I believe of sheriffs and chiefs. I remember that. They got together and there was an announcement that came out per the sheriff's department all across the United States of America. We are no longer going to detain, harass, or arrest people for any mandate. The sheriffs made that clear. All the police officers in the different police departments, from that point on, we was turning into China for a minute, respectfully, with the police, like, grabbing people up, putting them in the headlock, throwing them down, but not having a mat. Like, people was like, yo, this makes no sense. Old ladies, young people, I mean, it was like stupid chasing people down for a mask. What are you doing? It's not what the law enforcement should be doing. And the sheriff's department had to rectify that. Did y'all know that? They came out and they spoke out. And then others, I think troopers, everybody got down. They was like, yeah, hell yeah, man. And then the justice department had to say something. And then, you know, I believe the Republicans got behind it. It, 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 it snowballed and it stopped. It was becoming scary, bro. Scary. 